Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This episode of Oldie Buddy Goodie is brought to you by Shakespeare Aliens. Written by Keith Gow, directed by Rob Lloyd, starring heaps of great Melbourne actors, props and puppets by Donna Prince, and a soundscape by me, one of the hosts of this show. Shakespeare Aliens is the brand new play hitting Melbourne in January that asks the question, what if James Cameron's Aliens was written by William Shakespeare? For more information, head to theatreworks.org.au or check out our Facebook page. Imagine a year where the greatest discovery of mankind is overlooked because a teenage girl injected a chair out the airlock. Cetus Lapidus, Zach. What year could that happen in? The year is 2001. Hello! And welcome to Oldie Butter Goody. I'm still not over that new theme song. I'm still not over it. What happened, Sandro? We had, like, a tune and, like, a proper intro and, like, things. We spent, like, two and a half minutes coming up with that intro. <laughs> I know. And then ten minutes chasing around a bug in my room before actually recording it. We were about to start recording. We synced up and then a bug flew in. <laughs> But yeah, I feel so professional. Mm. We have like an intro and a thing, so we didn't ramble on for like a minute and a half on well, stupid stuff. Well, that's what we're doing now though, isn't it? Before we've in- oh, even introduced ourselves. Oh no, I've done it again. Yeah, this is the podcast where for all of 2022, I've still got to get used to saying that, for all of 2022, we are reviewing movies from 2001 in the order they came out in. This was a mistake. My name is Sandro and your name is Zach. Wow. And this week we are reviewing the sci-fi classic, the Disney Channel original movie, Xenon, the sequel. And you chose it, and do you feel bad? Uh, not as bad as I thought I was going to feel, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I had to watch two films of this. Mm. And you know what? Uh, they were better than my expectations had them at. The original one came out in 1999, I believe. Yes, I think so. So we're not reviewing that one, but we're reviewing the the sequel, I believe it's called. <laughs> so, well, it's such a good name. Honestly, the only reason I picked this movie series, so good on them. They, they did the, their job, and the first one, I will say... Is a pretty decent kids' film. Right. Well, because this is a sequel, the rule that we have on this show is that if you pick a sequel, you must watch the original. The other host goes into the sequel completely blind. 
And you're saying the first one is actually decent. I have heard the same thing because for some reason a bunch of my friends have seen this before. What? And we're like, no. We're like, yo, the first one was good. No one has ever seen any of these films. We are the first human beings to watch <laughs> these films. There's no way. Shut up. No, it's true. People. It's true. It is very true. And so they had fond memories? I don't know if fond's the right word. Like, they had memories. And they weren't negative. Well, that's a glowing review if I've ever heard it. But yeah, we'll jump into those reviews in a second. First up, um, quick thing to plug. Last time I'll probably be plugging it for this season, but starting tomorrow here in Melbourne is a show I've been working on for the last year with friend of the show Rob Lloyd. Jen Spears is also involved. Uh, Shakespeare Aliens down at Theatreworks in St. Kilda from the 11th, Tuesday the 11th until Saturday the 15th, we're doing a show. And it's basically, it's the movie Aliens. But if it wasn't made by James Cameron, it was instead made by William Shakespeare. Ah, yes, William Shaker Weapon. What? Shake, Shaker, Shaker Long Polearm. I, I don't understand that joke. We're William Shakespeare. William I... Shaker Polearm. Oh, right. That, it's late. <laughs> I'll give you a pass, I guess. <laughs> and that's how I got through school with my Shakespeare homework. I'm really excited. We've got a full cast, about 13 people, a bunch of puppeteers, a bunch of cool props. The sound is very cool. I've got to manually press a bunch of shooting. Whoa. That's fun. Manually pressing buttons as a sound guy nowadays? That's crazy, dude. You'd think that it would all be automatic, but no. I, I much like how I like vinyl, I also like manually pressing the space bar. Whoa, dude, that's crazy. That's modern DJ levels of intense. Uh, I'm not sure about that. I'm not, like, twisting the the knobs pretending to do something. I'm Mm -hmm. putting faders up and down, actually kind of doing something. (laughs) Wow, that's crazy. But anyway, uh, you'll be there for a night. See if you can come and spot a Zach. Oh my. You can, you can tell who I am because I'll be the hairiest person in the room. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny if any of the cast members are hairier than you. Yeah, that, that, that's true. Actually, knowing the nerd circles, I, it might be a very hairy room. Yeah, but it's so nerd and theatre. Though that's the yeah, thing you that's, gotta. You that's know. the worst combination possible, <laughs> especially for for body hair. Uh, so links in the episode description, and I guess with that we jump into Xenon. Yeah, your other options for this week they were um, January movies. Yep, much like we are standing in front of the cinema board. And we pick one and we go see it. Uh, The other options were antitrust. uh, Young computer programmers start working for a large company that seems to be hiding some secrets. Mm. Double take. Man on the run takes another guy's passport only to find himself stuck with the identity of a street hustler. Which isn't the worst identity to be stuck with, I feel. There's worse identities, like a murderer. Someone sent to the electric chair. Oh no, now I've got his passport. People think that I'm that guy. Or, or, um... Or a sound guy. That would that would be terrible. I know. You'd make no money. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Extreme Force, an international thief, becomes a hero as he seeks revenge against the partner who betrayed him. We went from 87 to 2001, and those movies are still coming out. And then Save the Last Dance, two teens uh, train for a dance audition and probably fall in love, I guess. That's 
what I would assume happens. I have barely anything to say about those because they all sound terrible. <laughs> they do. This was released January 12th on the Disney Channel. Now, it is actually based off a book called Xenon Girl of the 21st Century, which it shares a name with, uh, with the first movie. The movies are nothing like the books, from what I can tell. Uh, very, very loose adaptations, but this is probably where you can talk about that first movie. What? What is it? What's it about? Okay, so... Xenon, the girl of the 21st century, was a 1999 TV movie. She's she's a bit of a a silly uh, sort of a rebel girl, and she gets in trouble all the time because yeah. she leads her best friend getting into all sorts of mischief. Uh oh! But uh oh, where she she discovers an evil plot. A, a, a white, rich businessman oh. is really invested in the space program. Elon Bezos, William Shatner? <laughs> uh, yes, William Shatner. That <laughs> okay. was the one I was looking for. So Elon Bezos, he um, he comes up and um, he's like, Hey, yo, I'm a really cool guy. I'm really down to earth. I know all these things about science uh, because... As is established in the first movie, I don't know if you picked it up, it's a science vessel. Oh, that's what it was. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really... There's not much reference to it. There's a bit of science stuff going on. Yeah. But it's not very clear in the second. I kind of just thought it was like a space station that rich people lived on for no reason. It's just a getaway from the terribleness that is Earth. (laughs) Uh, well, yes, they talk about that a lot in the first movie, actually. Right. How bad Earth is currently. Although the problem with the entire movie I have is that one of the main plot points is she goes down to Earth. Yes, in the first one? In the first one, yes. They also Uh, do it in the second one. Right, okay. So that isn't just a second movie exclusive. But it is uh, a bit like a, like, uh, no, stay on the spaceship. The spaceship's way more cool sort of thing. Mm. But it does lead into some interesting plot points. Anyway, the rich guy has a plan to put a virus on the station. Is it a computer virus or an actual virus? No, a computer virus. Computer virus. But the computer virus takes the form of a little worm that bounces around on the computer screen. It's pretty cute. And then it, like, burrows into the... To the background and then the computer like zigs out and explodes in 80s fashion that is pretty cute it was pretty great but it's like this multiplying virus so it gets worse over time mm-hmm. is the idea so on a small computer it works rather instantly but on the large systems like a giant space station it could take a while anyway she gets caught trying to snoop on the bad guys and they send her to earth as a punishment to that aunt, who is one of the best characters. She, she's great. Uh, Xenon gets a boyfriend. Greg. Yeah, Greg. Which is mentioned in the second movie because they break up. Off screen. Never see him. Yeah. I was like, what does Greg look like? Actually, I don't want to know because it's 2001. He's probably got spiked hair. No, he didn't have spiked hair. He Whoa. was actually a smooth-haired boy. Oh, my. Unlike all the other characters, he actually looked like a regular boy. And in a, he worked at a stable. He worked at a stable? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because one of the things is that, like, Xenon goes to the stable, but she's used to space, so she's, like, scared of horses. Hey, because it's 1999, it's the horse girl cliche, right? Yeah, it's a horse girl mania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. And then uh, the comment the auntie says is, like, you've been here, like, less than a day on Earth, and you're already having it better with the boys than me. (laughs) 
Yeah, right. It's a very good child's film, I'd mm. say. It's, it's it's it was mildly entertaining for me, mostly for the wrong reasons. There is a reference to the Clintons. Um, is president of Earth at the time. Wait, hang on. Yes. But isn't it set in like 2050 or something? Yes. No, it's not It's not one of the Clintons we know. It's one of their ancestors. Oh, it's another Clinton. It's another Clinton. Great. <laughs> so it simultaneously predicts things in the future, but it also <laughs> dates itself at the same time. It does a little bit. Because it had self-driving cars. Ah. This is obviously a thing we have now. Yeah, yeah. But in the movie. So that's something it predicted in this movie. But also, it predicted there'd be another Clinton in the office. So, you know. <laughs> which which was, was very wrong. It's, 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 ooh. Well, maybe that is because we do live in the evil parallel dimension to the one that this mm. one takes place in. Timeline, this is the one yeah. where Hillary won, I guess, and things were slightly better? Who knows, honestly? I don't know. Earth still seems like it's going into meltdown because they talk about tornadoes and stuff going on. Oh, it's not like a tornado almost hit Queensland last week. <laughs> yeah, so it kind of also predicts climate change. <laughs> well, that's one thing I wanted to bring up in the sequel is there are parallels to be drawn towards climate change in the sequel. Mm. Well, they also make, like, they don't say, oh, there's climate change or whatever, but they say Earth is really crappy now. All these things, they, like, say, oh, there's just tornadoes going off and the weather changes at any point, you know. It's more played off as a thing that, like, children that have grown up on a space station, they've never heard of weather changing, and it sounds crazy to them. But also, yeah. How did, um, one of the big questions I have about the first one, because I was very surprised how in the sequel, all the CGI stuff looked kind of okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty much the same. Yeah, okay. I remember there was like a hologram, which was decent. It was your classic, like, it's just a fuzzy hologram person. Okay. It was their teacher teaching about history. And she's, she, she screams because, uh, protozoa. As it turns out. Oh, is he in the first one as well? Oh, he is one of the main features of the first one. He is he is integral to the plot of the first movie. He is d- d- sidelined in the second movie quite heavily, but in right. the first movie, he is one of the uh, main characters, I would say, almost. Okay. Because what happens is, hey, I should have mentioned this earlier, the, the second B plot is that Protozoa is coming to the space station uh, Xenon wins a competition to dance up on stage with him. But she gets sent down to Earth as a punishment, right? So she can't go up and go up on stage because she's not in the space station. So one of the B-plot lines is to get back. The way she does is by going to, like, a presentation where Protozoa's at. Mm. And, like, being like, hey, I'm your contest winner. When you go up to space, can you take me with you? And he's like, oh, yeah, you are, crazy lady. How is the biggest pop star on the planet this approachable? I don't understand. Oh, she sneaks in. She sneaks in. And, like, there's loads of... The whole thing is there's loads of security and she has to sneak past them. Right. It ends with the concert, just like the, the second one. Yep. 
And it has that zoom, zoom, zoom song. Oh, I like that. Which is a banger. Okay, I I only heard the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's referenced in the second movie. Yeah. But it's not played in the second movie, which is a shame because it's actually a good song. Oh, look at that. And it's the main ending theme of the first movie, which is better than the main ending theme of the second movie. Yeah, I, I didn't say. love the song. And I guess the uh, the Bezos type, he gets arrested, but he also has done stuff to the station to make it a bit wacky. Because the idea in the second one is the guy that she helped get rid of in the first one sabotaged some of the orbital stuff and the space stations crash into Earth. Mm. All right, well then let's jump into the sequel. It's directed by Manny Koto, or Koto, uh, who's directed heaps of things like a sci-fi called Star Kid, a slasher called Dr. Giggles. Terrifying. And uh, he was also the showrunner of Star Trek Enterprise during Ooh. its final season. There you go. You can see that sci-fi influence come in handy here. I think this is Star Trek for kids, but with space puns. Yes. Oh. That's basically what this is. Oh, yes. Yeah, he's also done work on Dexter and American Horror Story recently as well, so he's continuing that horror streak. Uh, for the cast, Kristen Storms is Xenon Carr. She was 16 when she made this. Uh, she was also mm. a series regular on the soap opera Days of Our Lives, and she's the voice of Bonnie in the original Kim Possible series. Ah, there you go. And uh, she's on another, like, medical drama at the moment. She's been on there for, like, 15-plus years. So wow. She's continued acting, which is good. Um, her best friend, Nebula, was uh, was recast in this movie, for this movie only. Yeah. Because uh, in the first one, she's played by Raven, from that So Raven fame. In the third one, there is a third one, she is played by Raven. In this one, she's played by Shaddai Simmons, mm. who has done just Disney Channel stuff. Yeah. Uh, who else we got in this movie? We got Lauren Maltby playing Margie. Uh, Margie's also from a Disney Channel movie called Stepsister from the Planet Weird. Woo! Whoa! She's... A very good, annoying in the context of the movie, but also likable character. Yes. Was Margie. I was very surprised by the character of Margie. And she gets a redemption arc. That's great. Yeah. And Margie is in the first movie. Because when she goes down to Earth, Margie is like one of the group of kids she meets first. She she acts like a rich kid, but it's not like her dad doesn't get involved with anything. That's not a plot in the first movie. Mm. She she takes Greg out in there in her dad's hover limousine. Yep. And one of the crackbacks that one of the cronies has is incredible. It's um reality pill Margie. It was never you he liked. It was the car. <laughs> and it's like, like damn. It. Ooh, that's good. That was a crackback I was not expecting. And the way it's said by this child actor, all the acting, by the way, dubbed by children, great. Oh, I mean, we've gone from the 80s to the early 2000s. Child acting does get better. Oh my God. Does it feel so much better to be here rather than there? Holy crap. Actual, like, all of them knew how to act. Because, mm. you see, I'm so used to the 80s and 90s movies Bad. that when I hear children's film, I think of um, driving my nails into my skin for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, because it's painful. Whereas, no, there were actual, you know... Actual acting. Yeah. And they had some emotion. It was obviously exaggerated, 
for the sake of the kids' film, mm. but it feels like it was on purpose. It's good. Again, this is a really... Like, if I was maybe 6 to 10, I th- would probably think this was a very good movie. Yeah, you're rever- referencing the second one, yeah? I'd probably prefer the first one, but I haven't seen it, so I can't really... Yeah, you haven't seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's only marginally better than the second one. Yeah. But the second one becomes better with the context of the first one. Right, That's the problem. You're missing the context of the first one. Yeah, and it's also a TV movie. Who watches a TV... Like, like, in the lead-up to the release of High School Musical 2, there was High School Musical on every single day for like two weeks, right? Yeah, That's yeah, my experience yeah, yeah. with TV movies is that. So it would be, it, you know. It's, it, it's, it literally leads off the foot of yeah. the, the first movie. And the big thing to me was that most of the actors from the first movie are in the second one. But there's like a whole, like, it feels like this leads off from the first movie a lot. So missing the context from that is rather rough. I feel it goes from you see the first movie like six to ten, then when you're a bit older, you can see the second one. You know, you relate more to the second one as she ages, you age. So you see, oh, actually, no, minus age, because because you don't want to have them the same age. Because no, you want to be younger than the main character. Yeah, you want to be younger than the main character because they say. I want to be like that when I grow exactly. up, sort of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Because it's otherwise, you'd be like, I don't act like that. That's so cringe. That's so minor. Oh, my God. That's entertainment minor. <laughs> That's cringe major. <laughs> we'll get into all of that uh, very soon. Uh, <laughs> I don't have it written down from the first movie, and I'm so annoyed with myself. I should have... Because I was out of it. I was after work, and I was like, I have to watch this kid's movie. I'm going to have several drinks beforehand. But, like, there were so many quotes I wanted to write down. Oh, well. Um, but Margie's dad, General Hammond, is actually played by John Getz. I did want to bring him up, because he's in The Fly and The Fly 2. But also, recently, he's been in Doom Patrol, American Horror Story. He's actually really good. Oh, there you go. And then, finally, we mentioned him up top, the pop star Protozoa. He is played by Philip Reese. I was amazed to find out that he's actually British. Ah. He is, because I, I was like, that's a fake accent. But it's, it's, it's real. Um, he was a recurring character on Netflix's Night Flyers TV show, which if you are new to this show, uh, Night Flyers, a movie we covered last year, it was very bad. Right, yeah, I forgot there was a TV show of that. Was the TV show any good? No, we can re- watch it one day, I guess, for patreon i really don't want to not if it was bad considering the first one was also very bad yeah they're both really bad maybe the book's bad as well i'll never know never know uh no critics score on rotten tomatoes it's just got one negative review audience score is 46 though uh 5.6 out of 10 on imdb as well pretty split obviously no idea how much it costs because it is a tv show they don't report those sort of things. I would say it would be about as much as like the big sci-fi shows at the time. Obviously, we, we don't know how much money the movie made either because it was shown on TV. A fun fact, though, this was the first ever Disney Channel original movie sequel. <laughs> and first ever sequel ever made. And last ever sequel. Thank the Lord. Although it was followed by the Zrilogy. No, I hate that. There's a singular tagline. You've got to give this tagline a thumb up or a thumb down. Are you ready? I give it a thumb down. You've predicted it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cetus Lapidus, she's back! 
thumbs up. And Cetus Lapidus is her is her catchphrase. Cetus Lapidus. And if you Google Cetus Lapidus, the only thing that shows up is this movie. But Lapidus is the name of Saturn's third largest moon. Uh, I liked I liked major and minor. Yeah, please explain how how the major minor thing works. Ah, uh, well, it's quite simple. You say uh, th- this podcast is rocking major. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah, because it's it's. It's hip, it's cool. Yeah. Where in reality, this podcast is lame minor. Ooh. I liked when um, there's a moment where the dad tells someone something that Xenon said, and he puts on this, like, that's so minor, like, voice. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. He tries to, to copy her. I thought that was funny. Yeah, the dad of the first one was better. But yeah, we should probably get to the plot. The plot starts off, uh, the synopsis starts off rather, with a opening crawl. Is there an opening crawl in the first one? Nope. Okay. The first movie starts with Xenon waking up late for school, but she wakes up in space. So her alarm clock, it's not a regular alarm clock. It's actually a recording of her from the previous day, question mark. What? And it's telling her to get up and... Do things? Does she do that every night? Every night she goes to sleep and records a message for her future... Hmm. That feels like a better opening than the opening in this one, which is, yeah, just like an opening crawl. Oh, yeah, no, the opening was way better. Well, that's the thing. You're coming in not knowing anything, which is really not how this should be... (laughs) Should be done. So she's walking through the space station. She's famous because she saved everyone from Jeff Bezos. Yes. And um, she's like talking to her best friend and her best friend's like really nervous about something that's coming up. And, and Xenon, to calm her down, says, will you ice? Which I'm going to start using that, that, <laughs> that term. Isn't that only used once in this scene and never again? I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing back the segment where I yell about things that I'm bringing back. I'm bringing yeah. that back and I'm bringing back the phrase, will you are ice? You, are you bringing back the fact that you'll never mention the phrase that you I, say you'll Unless I back? specifically make myself a document on my phone of phrases I'm bringing back, I will forget about it. So me, when I'm editing, make that document. <laughs> oh, okay. You're going you're gonna to live editing. Editing Sandra is too lazy to do that. <laughs> editing Sandra is too busy. He's got to get this shit together by uh, the 11th, you know? So he's he's got his work cut out for him. It's true. You wouldn't do it, editing Sandro. You wouldn't do it. See, now I'm peer pressuring him into doing it. You will do it. Or else I'm going to break your finger. Whoa. And by your finger, I mean my finger. I've yeah. got a vice. I'm going to snap it off. I'm confused as to how your threat works. Anyway, moving on. I I guess I just keep my finger in a vice until I'm up to editing this point. Yeah, but how are you going to type a thing on your phone if you've got your finger in a vice, Sancho? I don't know. You didn't think this through, Sancho. I've already thrown away the key to the vice. It's a special vice that requires a key. You need a device to help you there. (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha! The future! <laughs> the future! Ha <laughs> ha! Because uh, it's getting rid of a vice and it's a device. They walk into a room and Xenon's like, hey, Raven, but you're not actually Raven. You are Raven in the other one, but not in this one. You're more famous. The actor's more famous than the other one. Anyway, uh, computer games. Let's play one. Yep. 
<laughs> just, it, this is very stupid. This was uh, this put me off on the wrong foot for this movie, I think. Yeah, this is a very stupid opening, especially seeing as the last movie wasn't this stupid. Very stupid. Uh, turns out the video game that they're playing is actually the door controls for the airlock in the commander's room. Which is jettisoning chairs and other things. Now, yes. Now, here's my question: How did she discover this game and not already get in trouble? Yeah, because she's been playing this game. Supposedly, she's been playing this game constantly, and we see in the movie that she's not good at this game. Nope. Maybe she was doing it to other people's rooms, not yes, not playing not the room? commanders. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And therefore, once the commander gets involved, it's like, all right. Someone's causing a war crime here. We gotta, we gotta sort them out. Well, yeah, he does that. They almost kill him because he walks into his office and the airlock's open and he almost gets sucked out. Yeah, he almost killed yeah, he the almost... the commander of the space station. My goodness! And then he looks to the camera and he says, "Xenon." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or something like that. That's great. He would be my my thing. My way to fix this movie's opening is this is the cold opening, mm. right? So it starts off with them walking down the corridors. Will you ice? Playing the game, Commander's almost sucked mm. out of the airlock. He turns to the camera. Xenon theme music plays. Yep. The font kind of flashes up, you know. Xenon, yep. as it like appears on screen. We get some scenes from the first movie. They're all friends. They like, ha, turn to the camera. It's the actor's name. You know what I mean? And then the movie starts from that point. But also, you would have been more confused, I think. Probably would have been. <laughs> uh, Greg dumps Xenon over text, a thing before that was really a thing. <laughs> hey, again, these movies have a real knack for predicting the future while simultaneously being very dated. Yes. But also it was 2000. 2000. People were texting then, but not but not as much as I think people were like breaking up over text. They weren't they weren't really uh text breaking up. I think they were phone breaking up though. Yeah. Like you'd call someone's home phone and then tell them you were breaking up. And then your sister would be crying into the phone, but you needed to use the phone because you were going to call up Davin from down the block to see if he wanted to play some, some video games or something on your um, GameCube. I, um, I don't miss home phones. I, they're very mm. annoying. But also, that was very nostalgic, everything that you just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially Derek. Shout out to my boy Derek. I thought it was Devin. No, it's it's Devin Derek. Devin Derek? Yeah, that's his, his full name. Hang on, I know a Derek Devin. You know a Derek Devin? We grew up in the same area, so maybe... Maybe the same guy. Was, was Derek Devin playing a prank on me this whole time, reversing his name? I think the pranks were the friends we made along the way. <laughs> Anyway, the commander is like, you almost sucked me out of an airlock, so I'm giving you a job in alien control or something. Alien observation, I think it is. And she's teamed up with this guy who is really trying to make this phrase, this very particular phrase a thing. Yeah, look, this guy, uh, this guy's a This Movie exclusive, and you know what? Uh, He's pretty great. I like him. I like him a lot. Yeah, so so at the very end of the movie, he and Xenon share a look, and you're kind of thinking maybe in the third film they get together. He's not in the third film. Oof. So he's only in this one. Big yikes. And what's the phrase that he's really trying to make a thing? I don't remember. What happens when you, when you take someone that's so rude, it's it's ludicrous? Oh, 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 right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Rudicus. He keeps saying Rudicus. Rudicus. Constantly. The fact that I couldn't remember that line. Rudicus. So she also finds out while watching the TV that Protozoa has gone missing and she freaks out. And I was very confused at first because I was like, wait, are they friends? Is she just a fan? I didn't know. Yeah, well, again, you're me. This movie heavily relies on you knowing what's going on from the first movie. Like, it's going off the thing, the pretenses. Yeah. All the characters in this movie, except for uh, Rudicris over here, were in the first movie, I think. Except for maybe the dad as well. Like, who was at least referenced in the first movie. Only Rudicris over here is a true original character. Oh, and I guess the aliens, but yeah. They're not really characters, though, are they? No. They're uh, the greatest discovery of all mankind, which is dismissed readily at every opportunity by everyone else. And it's like, what? That's pretty funny. Which is why this is super outdated, because nowadays talk of alien life is pretty common place, like, now that we're going to space... Like, random fucking billionaires are going to space. We have an alien who runs the biggest uh, social media website. Oh, yeah, we do have an alien running the metaverse. Yeah. It's never going to catch on, Zuckerberg. Just let the meta thing go. We we had an alien run the the American presidency for ages, you know? Ah, Joe Biden's also a bit of an alien, to be honest. I feel like they're still in control. Yeah, well, yeah, you got a point there. And we've got a uh, we've got a robot with no human emotion currently running the Australian government. <laughs> Whoa. And I thought I was being politically ludicrous. <laughs> Oof. It's uh, we're recording this just before it goes out, so I can make political jokes. Scott Morrison, what are you doing? Zenus Lapidus, Scott Morrison. <laughs> Cetus Lapidus Scott Morrison. Exactly. Yep. So, um, speaking of Margie's dad, though, he comes up to Xenon and is like, hey, as if you didn't already have enough on your plate, your boyfriend broke up with you, your favourite pop star's gone missing, and you're working a new job, I also want you to babysit Margie. And if you don't do what Margie says, I, personally, will kick your family off this space station. Because what's happening is the space station, turns out, is uh, has been knocked out of orbit. It's going to crash on Earth. Yeah. It's going to kill everyone. So they're, they're, they're slowly getting people off the station. Mm. Except they don't want to leave. It's almost like there's this big event that's going to kill everyone. And most of the people living on the place where they're going to die don't want to do anything about it. Yep. And they instead focus on aliens and conspiracy theories mm. instead of the thing that's actually happening. It's going to kill everyone. I feel like you're trying to say something here. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I, I can't really concentrate on what you're saying because it's so hot in my room right now. Today, oh, it was so sunny outside and, you know, the weather was crazy. It, like, rained and was super humid, but it was, like, lightning and stuff. Anyway, what were you trying to talk about? Uh, yeah, she's gonna take care of, of, of Margie, except she doesn't want to. We get, like, pranks and stuff. She swaps out Margie's nail polish for super glue so that her socks won't come off. I want to see the end of that scene, because mm. all we got was her trying to take the socks off. I don't think... No, no, no. My theory is she never got that sock <laughs> off, and for the rest of the film, is wearing that singular sock. Oh, no. But she, but she's too uptight to admit it. 
Like, she's too proud to admit that she couldn't get the sock off. So she just doesn't tell anyone. And for the rest of the film, that's what we have. She's also stealing Xenon's friends because she's got this futuristic hologram TV thing that plays movies. And to quote, it's got every movie, even Romeo and Juliet on Mars. Number one and number two. Now, this is a very multi-layered joke because it's funny that Romeo and Juliet on Mars would exist. That's the first joke. The second joke is, oh my, there's a sequel to Romeo and Juliet on Mars. That's funny, because this movie is a sequel. That is a bit meta. The third joke is, wait, hang on. The ending of Romeo and Juliet is they both die. What happens in the sequel? Is it a new Romeo and Juliet? Is it West Side Story rules where one of them survives? Maybe she finds another Romeo. Is it set in between the events of the first Romeo and Juliet on Mars movie? There's so many questions. Anyway, that was that note. My other note was, she heard a zum. That's the next proper plot point. Oh yeah, the zums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the zums relate later on in this movie back to Zoom, 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 which is one of the key lines in one of the hit songs from Protozoa, which is in the first movie, which is a great song in the first movie because it's the end credit sort of song thing. But, like, that's only part of it, you know? That's, like, the chorus part, you know? Oh, there's more to the song. I'm gonna have to look up the song. Yeah, the song's a fucking banger, dude. I'm gonna have to check it out. The song's ludicrous, dude. It's ludicrous major, Sandro. Ru- Ooh, ludicrous <laughs> major. That is yeah. high praise. Cetus Lapidus, that is high praise. <laughs> yeah, oh god, I hate listening to our conversation. That's really bad. This is what 2001 is gonna do to us. <laughs> And I'm okay with that. (laughs) So she's so obsessed with the Zooms, because she thinks that aliens are out there sending them messages, that all of her friends are like, you've gone nuts. I had a note here. They think she's crazy because on the computer screens, they pick up sound, but somehow don't record anything that they pick up. (laughs) They have no way of verifying whether she heard anything. At all. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, yeah. Look, for a scientific outpost, they're pretty dumb. That is the stupidest plot line, because it kicks off the entire movie. The entire movie wouldn't have happened if they just go, oh, yeah, let me go back into the recordings to the time you said it happened and check mm. that out. Which, like, even back then, that's a stupid plot, I f- feel like. Yeah, even back then, dumb. they had the capability of, like, going, oh, yeah, we're recording this, let me play it back. Well, she does for the, like, the third time it happens. Is it recorded or is it just sent to her tablet? It's sent to her tablet because she tries to establish contact and then they, like, send her messages. And and she manages to save it that way to show people. Yep. Yeah, really dumb that that the scientific equipment wasn't wasn't saving stuff. Uh, so anyway, she then smuggles herself to Earth once she realizes that all the zums are are, are the pop star guy. Oh my god, this hurt my fucking brain when they tried to explain this because they have they in the movie have multiple theories as to what's happening. Mm. One is that Protozoa was an alien. But they quickly dismiss that. No, what's in fact is they're trying to to speak with Protozoa. They like yes. maybe they want to contact him. Yes. So now we need to find him. But he's been on hiatus since the last movie. Exactly. Yeah, he's 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 gone on break. He's got writer's block. Yeah. So then they track him down by like 
listening to his songs and his songs reference someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's dumb. I hated that scene. Yeah, well, it's a children's movie. It was whatever. And then, yeah, it turns out he's just been hiding in a condo for, like, two years. Yeah, yeah, he's gone full Kanye. Yeah. He's rented a place to just stay in and write. He also looks and acts worse than the first movie. Okay. Is it a different actor? No, it's, it's the same actor, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. He's, he's very lame in this movie. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Compared to the first one. Well, the first one, he's, like, more of a, just, a, like, an idiot. You know, in this one, he is an idiot, yeah. but, like... He's, like, a depressed idiot in this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, in the, the first one, he's, like, a very happy-go-lucky. He doesn't really know what's going on. Yeah. He's just like, whoa, hey, you are that girl that won the contest. Weird. Yeah, you could go in my ship. Let's go. Rock on. In this one, he's like, oh, I've hit all the peaks of humanity. Where is there to go but uh, but down at this point? That is why I've retired. There's nothing I can do. Now I'm going to work on my presidential campaign or something? Oh, yeah. He's like, I've already been the first rock star to perform in space. Next, I want to yeah. be president, but I'm not American. Maybe I'll be the Pope. But to do that, I actually have to be Catholic. And I don't want to do that. Very funny. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, but also, also funny that he wanted to be the president because it much like Kanye West. Yeah. Also funny how Catholics exist in 2050. Are you saying we should... <laughs> Hold up. Zeta Lapita, Sandro. <laughs> what are you trying to say? I, nothing. 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 Are you nothing at we all. should re- remove the Catholic faith by 2059? That's ludicrous. Just stop telling me to get ice. What? And, wait, I've forgotten the saying. <laughs> what was the saying? Will you ice? That's it. Will you ice? Yeah, get ice is a way That's different a different phrase. Australian saying. Yeah. I, think, I think, yeah, I think you're mixing that up with an Australian <laughs> phrase there, Sandro. So what Xenon does is she's this like, is why all right. You can't bring things back, Sandro, because you bring it back, but mix it up. I bring it back, mix it up, and, and end up just giving people ice instead. Yeah. yeah it's no good. Z- so Xenon's like, all right, well, uh, he's on Earth. I will smuggle myself in a crate. Uh, many questions how she got through all of that, secu- like how she survived in a crate with no packing. I feel like there'd be a lot of security to the station, not off the station, right? They'd be worried about people, I don't know, n- n- 9-11-ing. Ah, this is before 9-11. No one knew that that would be possible. No, no, that, no, well, no, because it's 20... 20- 49, right? Oh, you wait. In the movie. Hang on, but they wrote it before 9-11 happened. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 but I'm saying in the universe, right? Actually, there's the good universe. Maybe 9-11 didn't happen in their universe. Maybe. That's why the Clintons got elected. That's a conspiracy theory I don't want to get into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Anyway, moving on from whatever I was just trying to say <laughs> there. The point being that there would be a lot more security going to the station than from away from the station. Because you could send a virus up to the station to try and destroy the station. And also, they want people to get off the station because the station's going to crash and kill everyone. Yeah, you can't bring, like, explosives or other things from the station 
Because they would have have to be sent there the first place, right? True. Unless they're making their own makeshift explosions on the. I mean, the I'm station. sure they could, but they would be noted down. You know, it's a lot more difficult. I feel like sure. the security's a lot laxer going from the station. That's all I'm trying to say. And that nine eleven was done by. <laughs> Oh dear. So, uh, Xenon, yeah, she arrives in a crate on Earth. Plot twist, Margie also smuggled herself into Zipitipo. I was surprised. She has a bit more gumption in her, because she's supposed to be the pretty girl, right? Spoiled. But she, uh, she still stuffs herself in the crate. She does complain about it, but she did it. And then they have, like, a confrontation, and she's like, uh, why do you hate me so much? And they're like... I'm going with you. I want to be on the adventure too this time. Yeah. You know? And so they now team up. They kind of become kind of reluctant friends at this point. Yes. Um, and if you're wondering where is the character that was played by Raven, but not in this movie, uh, she's been relocated to Earth and is also going to join in at some point. Who cares? Oh, uh, yeah. And I think originally it was in the script, it was supposed to be the best friend going with Maybe. her. Although I like at the end of the movie that it's the three of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no, no, no. But I feel like in the original script, it opposite way round. Right. She and her best friend take the things down, and then they meet up with Margie, right? At the end, yeah, okay. But because it's a different actor, they were like, instead, let's have Margie more in the spotlight because it's the original actor. Yeah, yeah. That 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 is probably the case. I think that's probably the case. Mm. So they go to Aunt Judy, uh, who. From what I could tell, was just a conspiracy theory nut. That's what I thought she was based off this movie. But if she wasn't the first one, I can imagine, yeah, that she's a little bit different. Uh, no, she had no references to conspiracy theories whatsoever. Okay. So anyway, uh, she drives the, the, the two girls to the jungle. Just the jungle in the country it's based in. It's very unspecific. Yep. They drive to the jungle uh, to go and find Protozoa. They walk through the jungle. Margie falls in poo at some point. Their, <laughs> their path gets blocked by a giant spider. Oh, yeah. This is this is really weird. It's very odd. Why is there a whole thing where they fight a spider? It's a bit of padding, I feel, but it's rather amusing. I, I don't know what you mean. I think that spider fight is in there for creative reasons. The, the director and writer really wanted to get across the fact that these characters are terrified of spiders. Pretty big spider as well. But the problem is, we live in Australia and spiders are everywhere. So, yeah. it wasn't really scary for me. Not for us, but this is meant for American audiences, right? Yeah. Whereas that spider of that size, they would have gone, whoa! Whereas we go, oh, that's a very small huntsman. <laughs> yeah. You know, one of the most harmless spiders we have here? Oh no! <laughs> oh no! I'll get the vacuum cleaner. I'll get a. I'll get a jar with a with a piece of paper. Just yeah, paper. That's what I do. Try not to get its legs. You know. Yeah, you you don't you don't want to chop off its legs. You want to trap it in the jar, then put it out into the garden. Yeah, so it can eat the rabbits or something. I don't think a huntsman would eat rabbits. No, 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 no. Sandro, wink, wink. Absolutely they do that. Oh, yes. Remember? American audiences. Yes. Wink, uh, wink. And they team up with the drop bears to fight against yeah. the emus that have forgotten that the Great Emu War is over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, those renegade emus. <laughs> yeah, renegade yeah, yeah. emus. Thank God they fight against each other. Otherwise, us Australians would be doomed, you know? <laughs> They're constant conflict. Uh, make sure that we don't we don't take the brunt of it. One day I am going to write a musical about the Great Emu War. Yeah. I've been thinking about it for like five years. I should do it. I should do it. Oh, absolutely. I'd love to help you on that one. Definitely. 
But yeah, as I was saying, Huntsman's least dangerous spiders in Australia. So they find Protozoa's house, walk up to it, but oh no, they get stuck in a tickle trap. Proto comes out, they talk with him, they're like, you'll be the first pop star to ever perform in front of aliens. And he's like, sweet. Let's bloody do it, governor, innit? That's what he says. That's, that's how he talks. That is, one, not what he says, two, not how he talks. What sort of British is he? He's he's like radical young British. I can't do He's that like this. half, he's half bimbo- Half. Oh right, so more like Love Island. Yeah, more like yeah, like more like a Love Island contender. Yeah, yeah, he's oh, absolutely, I could see him on Love Island. I would, well, mm, no, I wouldn't, but I would watch the ads for it. <laughs> he's absolutely a Love Island contender. What's this whole thing about? They're like, like he's like, well, why didn't the aliens land, bruv? And they're like, they probably watched ET and knew that scientists would kidnap them or something. What was that? conversation was that just so that they could have an et reference i think so i don't (sighs) i don't think that was of any importance whatsoever so i didn't remember it at all i remember they said something about et they made a reference and i was like "Ah, ahaha et but i think it's just them coming up with an idea that's later on explained where the aliens are like yeah we were stuck in the system like it's just once again laying down an idea that turns out to be false to mislead children. Love misleading children. Who don't know what's happening. Yeah, true. Uh, what's happening up on the space station, though? There's more stuff happening with the parents. Yeah, uh, so Xenon needs a spaceship so she can contact the aliens. So the commander's like, okay, I could do this favor for you to try and get to talk to these aliens. I'm going to... Talk to the commander, dude. Yep. Gotta get myself permission to go on a shuttle. So that is the commander, who's the nice one, talking to Margie's dad, yeah. who is the one that's trying to save everyone's life. Sorry, Margie's dad is the one trying to save everyone's life? Yeah, he's the one who's like, everyone's gonna die, yeah. because the space station's crashing, and you're all ignoring it, talking about aliens, whereas I'm trying to be like, hey, the danger is real, and you should stop ignoring it, you're all gonna die. But he also plans to, like, instantly dismantle all of the ship, and there's that sort of reveal later on that he is actually kind of evil. Doesn't he then get redeemed, though? Not really. Oh, no, he just has a speech where he's like, I didn't want to be a mustache-twirling villain. I took his word for it. He was a bit evil, actually. (laughs) He was evil! That's the whole point! (laughs) It was a little bit. Yeah. The whole point was Margie listened in on the dad and then was like, oh, my dad's actually not as a cooler guy as I thought. That's and right. then she stands up to him and he's like, oh man, now I'm Ooh. taking consequences for my actions. So yeah, uh, Plank, the commander of the station, asks him for a shuttle to go visit Judy and he's like, yep, yeah, sure. But then he gets found out, so then he gets sent to the brig. By the way, Judy and Plank get together at the end of the first movie, and it's like this last-minute thing because Judy, like, accidentally smuggles herself up on the spaceship that's going up because she's trying to get Xenon off the spaceship. And she's afraid of space, right? Mm. That's her whole thing. And so she's super nervous, but then she has, like, a meet-cute with the captain... (laughs) Right. So it's very funny to hear that they're married in the second one. I'm like, yay! Yeah. That came to fruition. That's so stupid. I love it. But if the first one ends with them getting together and the second one ends with them being married, how does the third one end? Divorce. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the third one takes a depressing turn. 
it's pretty it's pretty depressing major uh, depressing major that's very rudicrous it's marriage minor <laughs> so the rudicrous guy is it then like all right i guess i'll have to trust uh xenon's parents to get the space shuttle uh yeah yeah i don't know i don't know if we you said it because i missed it but yeah plank gets caught because he's just having a discussion and the commander's behind him and he's like hey uh yeah i'm gonna lock you in the brig f you bud uh yeah so xenon's mum is a pilot but she hasn't flown in a while and she's also did you notice the helmet that she had on Yes, the de-stress helmet is a different one from the first one. Okay. The first one they had like de-stress little hoodies. Okay. Which had the little bauble thingies. And they put those on and it makes no sense to the first one. Although it is referenced again later on in the first one's movie because they're like, she's, Xenon's like, maybe if you put these on it will make you feel better. Okay. Whereas um, in the second one, it's a de-stress bicycle helmet yeah except it's made of plastic and it lights up with like fancy lights when you pull a little cord on the side that's the worst thing in the whole movie is that prop and burn it please yeah no it was it was a pretty ferocious looking prop so anyway they convince her to fly a toilet shuttle or something uh, to earth to pick up uh all of the characters from earth including Raven, but not played by Raven. And they fly into space to the spot where the alien signal is coming from. But oh no, the aliens aren't there. What? What? And double uh-oh, someone forgot to refuel the, the extra refuel the fuel tanks. Cetus Lapidus, that's pretty rudicrous of whoever did that. So yeah, the shuttle's running out of fuel and they're being pulled towards the moon or something. But... The aliens show up and save them with their tractor beam. The aliens are driving a ship. Looks like it's straight out of Avatar. Yep. It's like purple. It's like a fish sort of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So this is a, this is an interesting moment because this is one of the greatest discoveries of all mankind. Yeah, the know? aliens. Alien yeah. contact with a sentient being from another land. This mm. opens up so many possibilities. An incredible moment in history. Mm. And then some jackass pop singers like, Hey, you wanted to meet me? It's me. Let's go. And the alien's like, nah. I'm going to transmit messages into the main character's mind so she can exposition without any special effect whatsoever to indicate that I'm doing so. Oh, there's a very light particle effect. Without any decent effects to, to, to indicate doing so. We weren't actually wanting the pop star. We were just wanting some pieces of information from your station system to help us find our way back home. We wanted yep. maps, I think, or something like that, to get back home. And we didn't just want to take it because that's a bit rude. So we thought we'd ask you instead. And they go, ha ha ha, ah. Oh. The the aliens oh, were just being polite. Ah oh, ha ha ha. So they take the aliens back to the space station and no one believes them. <laughs> Everyone's like, you're a bunch of lunatics coming in. Lunatics coming in here and, and talking about aliens. That's not real. But then the aliens show up and they fix the space station and they put it back into orbit. Yeah, and the dad's like, oh man, maybe they were right. Maybe the greatest discovery of all time is a thing. Maybe the only way that we can fix that big thing that's coming that's going to kill everyone is with the help of 
another form of being out there, actually. Maybe we should keep searching for aliens. Zetus Lapidus! <laughs> aliens exist! So, so that's, that's, that's the movie. Whew. Crisis averted. It ends with a song from Protozoa. Uh, he, he's singing at the wedding that we mentioned. Yes. And it's a worse song than the first one. The first one, definitely an actual pretty solid one. Whereas this one, I was like, eh, whatever. Oh, it does end with a pretty funny joke, which is uh, the 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 uh, the dad of Margie. He's now cool with the commander of the space station, and the commander of the space station he sees Margie's dad and is like, "You are bad, but actually, I respect you. I'm going to salute you." And Margie's dad goes to salute, but oh, he's got a drink in his hand, and that is uh, that is that is Enon the sequel. Uh, you didn't rate the first one. What would you rate the first one? Old you're a goodie. Uh, I would rate the first one a goodie. Nice. I would take my child to see that movie, and I'd be pretty confident that they would not only enjoy it, um, but in like five, ten years, also think it was very lame. Oh. And it'd be like, Dad, I don't want to watch it anymore. It's not cool anymore. But you'd be like, oh, I love this story so much. We're going to keep watching it, yeah. child of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's good. A goodie for the first one. What about the sequel then? I feel like the sequel is a Frozen 2 of movies. I didn't watch Frozen 2, so I can't comment on that. Correct. <laughs> Correct. No one did. Because all the effort was put into the first movie and the second movie, they're just trying to cash in on the popularity of the first movie. And they came up with things. It's not the worst movie ever, but it's not the best movie ever. Mm. Yeah, I don't think it's bad. I don't think the sequel's yeah. bad, but... It's, it's definitely still better than what I thought it would be, even yes. after watching the first one. Yes. Um, because I watched the first one with low expectation, very low, and was pleasantly surprised throughout. In this one, I was surprised it just wasn't hot garbage. Mm. Like, the third one looks like the hot garbage sequel. Yeah, the third one doesn't look very good. I don't think it. I don't think we'll ever review it, but maybe one day we might be forced into it by our Patreons. I want to do a Patreon. You do want to? Okay, fine. I watch the third movie... And you watched the first movie. I, I think I, I'd be more interested in watching the third movie. I want to see where the story goes. I don't want to go back no, in time and you see need, the start. You need the context of the first movie, Sandro. Mm. Well, I say you watch the first movie and the third movie then. All right, maybe I'll do we that. We both watch the third movie. When are we doing that then? Next month? Uh, uh, no, nah, we'll just put it in the to-do list. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Um, Yeah, so I would give this sequel... I'd, I would give it an oldie, but it's not bad. Yeah. I just would never watch it again, personally. It's, it, well, uh, for many years I have said I would give a movie a goodie if I think I would recommend it to someone. Yeah. And I would. I would very specifically recommend it to a younger audience. Mm. Because I have criticised ch- uh, children's films before for being dumb. For being just for kids yep. and being bad for that. But you can make things like Incredibles, which is a kids movie, mm. like it's aimed towards kids, that is entertaining for adults because it goes over adult things yeah, sort of thing. So you can entertain adults and have a good film, which is also a child's film, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel like this film is adequate and entertaining enough like it's a it's a, not a bad film, right? It's, it's not 
it's not annoying yes. for grown-ups. I, I don't think it's good. No, no, no. It's not like Incredibles, where as an adult, you might actively go and seek it out. It's definitely for a much younger audience, and it commits more to that. But it doesn't make a bad film. No. And excuse it off as, oh, well, it's a child's film. No one cares, right? I, I will give this a goodie. Oh, you give both of them a goodie. All right. I will give both of them a goodie, mostly because I think that I would suggest this to a child. I would be like, hey, child of mine, spawn okay. of my loins. Specifically your child. I was going to say, you shouldn't just go up to random children and tell them to watch something on Disney+. Plus. No, no, no. Specifically, whatever I just said, they are. And I'd be like, hey, hey, hey. Uh, solar flare my child oh let's go watch that uh movie that influenced your name you called your kid solar flare not cetus lapidus no 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 i just say cetus lapidus a lot around them so anyway yeah wow a goodie from you i'm surprised actually i thought that you would hate this movie more than me that's what i thought going into it ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There is an actual sequel to this, came out in 2004, called Xenon Z3. Uh, she's 18 in this one. Yep. It's set around this thing called the Teen Supreme Contest, which, if she's 18, technically she's a, she's a teenager, I guess, but I would consider her a young adult at that point. Mm. I wouldn't necessarily say that she's eligible to win the Teen Supreme Contest. I mean, yeah, but also she wins at, like, everything she does. True. Like, it's established in the first one that, like, like the other kids literally, after it's announced, go, oh, of course she won. Like, it's a regular thing that everything just happens around her. Right. Like, outside of the story, she's the main character of the station as well. Yes. Which I thought was amusing. But, yeah. Well, speaking of sequels, though, if you're familiar with the show outside of last year, you would remember that we used to pitch sequels to every movie that we did. Mm. This year, we're not doing that because it's 2001, Zach. Oh. No one's interested in, like, direct sequels in 2001. Everyone's interested in crossovers. Whoa, crossovers. Well, actually, or, or, or live animated reboots. Oh, well, that's more the 2010s, I think. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of uh, 2021, not 21. But anyway, what we're doing this year is, you know, because like 2001, Jason versus Freddy was just on the horizon. You know what I mean? Mm. Movie, like crossover movies. They were a big thing. And what we're going to do, I've got a random number generator. It's going to be between 1 and 157, which is every episode we've ever done. Oh, boy. And whatever number it lands on, we've got to come up with a sequel and a crossover between Xenon the Sequel and whatever episode, and whatever movie we covered on that episode. Do, when did Alien vs. Predator come out? That would have been around the same time as well, actually. Yeah, yeah. So you're right, that it is the crossover season. Yeah, Alien vs. Predator was 2004. There you go. It's yeah. exactly around that period where you get 
because that is, I think, the greatest crossover of all time. I think it's... It peaks there, right? So here we go. It's the new segment. It's the new one that we're doing. We're not both coming up with a pitch. We're working together. And I guess because you chose, you can come up with the first idea, I guess. Anyway, I'm pressing the button. Are you ready? I am. I'm ready major. 125. 125. What is that one? What What movie did we review on that one? Let That's me go recent. through the, uh, go into the logs. Very recent. You're correct. It's, it, it is an 87 movie. Uh, 125 is Beverly Hills Cop 2. Ah, easy. You just smooth on into the comedy. It's it's less a crossover, more they just get, um, what's his face from... Eddie Murphy into it, yeah. Yeah, they get Eddie Murphy onto it. Well, he's just about to do Shrek, so it would make sense, yeah, right? He's yeah. the peak. Exactly, exactly. This is the peak of Eddie Murphy. And so mm. what happens is... They ha- he comes onto the ship and he is like an a- uh, I'm gonna make him an alien ambassador from another planet. Oh, okay. Wait, so it's not crossing over with Axel. Oh, wait, no, no, no. I have to make him human. No, no, no. Okay, sorry, I mixed up my things. No, sorry. It's not expressly said that he's Beverly Hills Cop, but they do say he is a cop from Beverly Hills. Maybe he's like maybe he's like the great great. No, it's only 50 years in the future. Maybe he's the grandson of Axel Foley. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And uh, he's the grandson of a famous cop. And now he's like a space... I'm going to say he's a pilot. He's a pi- oh, okay. And he, he is the, the pilot and chief translator ah. for, for, for negotiating with the aliens. Because they've just discovered aliens, of course, we're now going to put our efforts into finding more aliens, yep. making some sort of treaties, etc., etc. So it's Xenon and... Uh, because Xenon discovered them. She's the expert on these aliens mm-hmm. so far. So they get her, her friend... There's got to be a murder mystery or a crime, like some stolen diamonds. Here's here's what happens, all right? They find the aliens, and the aliens are heading towards the Senate of these alien conglomerate people. And it's like, whoa, hey, we could... Like, there's this whole thing where Eddie, Eddie tries to communicate and accidentally, like, communicates something really rude or something. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, no, he says zoodle bop when instead he's meant to say zoodle dop. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh my. And then yes. he's, he's going to be like, actually, from where I come from, that's quite a good thing, etc., etc. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. He, like, tells them that there are, they're, like, butts really big. And, of course, the aliens are confused. But then he's like, uh, no, but you see, from Earth, having a large butt is, uh, is, uh, is a good thing. Yes. Yes. And, and then the aliens are like, oh, yes, yes. You also have a big butt, Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of that. Half of the movie is that, and all of the Eddie Murphy stuff feels like its own thing. Yeah, yeah You've got, yeah. like, the oh, Xenon absolutely. stuff, which is, like, you know, it's for kids, it's political, but it's also, you know, it's interesting. It carries some weight. And then you've just got Eddie Murphy doing his dumb stuff in the corner. Yeah, yeah. And so they go to this, like, alien gathering but at the alien gathering it's found that one of the the like head alien president has uh i don't want to say murder because that's a big yeah for a kid's no no for a kid's film yeah 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 well kidnapping maybe kidnapping oh yeah kidnapped perfect Mm. yeah kidnapped the 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 sir blobulus who is just like uh looks like a fat 
I'm going to say, like, blueberry. Right. So what Eddie Murphy does is he's like, okay, to go and get uh, the Blobulus, I have to uh, meet with the people holding him hostage, pay the ransom. So mm. what I'm going to do is I'm going to dress up as Bobulus's, uh brother. Oh. And so then he dresses up as, like, an alien, <laughs> and he's like, I'm, I'm an alien. Hey. He, so he's got this big, like, fat suit on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He paints himself blue. Yeah. And then he That's goes great. in, and obviously, you know, a shootout mm. ensues. But, but yeah, that's... a shootout. Um, no, no, a taser out. It's a kids show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They have taser guns, so whenever someone gets tased, they go. Yeah, yeah. Very comically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Eddie Murphy keeps accidentally tasing his foot. Yeah, 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 well. yeah, yeah. He like fumbles his gun comically, and it like yeah. shoots everywhere. First, it shoots one of the other. Like, very important people, Mm -hmm. ambassadors, that they were, like, told at the start. It's like, oh, be careful talking to them. They get offended very easily. Exactly. So that is the movie. Uh, The way that it ends is Eddie Murphy up on stage with Protozoa. They do a song. Because, of course, Eddie Murphy, he can sing quite comically, but Mm. he can also sing quite well. So, yeah, they got to do a song at the end. Oh, yeah. Okay, so what happens? Oh, I I know how it happens. Is because the bad guys, they're like some bad aliens. They don't really matter so much. Mm. Um, it turns out their goal is to capture all of these famous people. And one of the people they capture is Protozoa. <laughs> of course. And so it's like Protozoa is just randomly there. Of course. And that's how he gets tied into all of this, which is very funny. I love that. And uh, yeah, at the end, uh, everyone compliments each other on their big butts. Yep. To bring it yep. all back. And that is Xenon the Zrossover. Xenon and the Beverly Hills crossover. Well, that is the new segment. I hope that you like it, but I think it's time to go back to a bit of a classic. Oh. Ooh, a classic one. What? Uh, what might that be? What? 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 Ludicrous idea do you have here? Well, the the classic segment sometimes it can be a bit raven, and I don't mean that so raven. I mean raven. And also sometimes it can also be, be a bit rotten. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I don't understand. You you need to be more clear here. I'm not I'm not sure what you're trying to say. Maybe there can be some views, but also a couple rees. You put them together, it's a review. <laughs> keep going. No, no, no. Keep going. Keep no, going. I've run out of things to say, and this episode's long. <laughs> this episode is long. I guess it's time. For reviews. It's the part of the show where I get reviews from the most major cool website out there, which is Rotten Tomatoes. And there weren't as many reviews. There is still quite a few, mm-hmm. but uh, I didn't have many here, and we've already talked a lot, so I'll just I'll just pick some of my favourite. Yeah, 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 just cherry pick them. So, uh, how this works is I get reviews from the best website ever, Rotten Tomatoes, from the best people, not the reviewers, the audience, because they're the only people that really matter. They are going to tell me what they think, and then they're going to leave a rating, and Sandro has to guess the rating that they left by what they reviewed. 
Wait, is it between 0.5 and 5 or 0.5 and 10? Uh, 0.5 and 5, and you know that. You just brought it up so you could mention it right now. Yeah, but I also genuinely forgot. (laughs) Okay. It's between 5. I should have said 10. Damn it. I'll begin this first year's uh, Rudiculous Reviews. Mm -hmm. It's uh, Natalie. She says, it's okay, but not as much uh, thought put into it. It's the first scene on. Probably true. Probably true. I'll go three. Well, son, you're wrong. But you were close. It was 3.5. Whoa, even more positive. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Slightly more positive. Uh, we have another one by Roy. Uh, Roy says, Plank turned into Picard. Uh, I, but wouldn't commanding a space station be more impressive than commanding a spaceship? I kind of feel like the space station position is like the retiree position. That That's the one that you do after you do the heavy lifting in the spaceship. I feel like there's more authority to a, like, battleship commander, like an, a, an admiral. Oh, but, they're, but they're explorers. They're not a battleship. Yeah, like an admiral position than a listening post, to, you know. Well, that's more what I mean, though, is like the space station would be the retiree position. Yeah, but I don't know if that's more prestigious. That's just like, now that you're retired, go fucking do this, you know? Um, I'm going to say that that's, that's probably a... F- ah, this one's also 3.5. One and a half! One and a half! Great. Ah, oh, well. You were close. You were close. And finally, we have the last review. It's Tiffany, who says... Ew, lol. I watched this when I was younger. It was ridiculous. I hate it. It's lol. It's got to be 0.5. I hate it, lol. I hate it. It's 0.5. Uh, it's one out of five. Uh, I'm angry. I didn't miss being angry at these reviews. <laughs> yeah. That's the one thing that I liked about our little break. There we go. So, so far, Sandro is zero for three this year. Maybe I should keep a running score of how many I get correct. Maybe you shouldn't. That might get depressing. <laughs> That's the episode right there. Thanks for listening, as always. Uh, if you like the show, and you're also new to the show, because, of course, it is a new year, uh, if you're just here to check out 2001, there's many ways you can you can keep in touch. We're on Instagram, oldiebuttagoodiepod.com. Uh, I am also on Instagram. My personal account is S-A-N-D-R-O-F-A-L-C-E. Uh, my name, you can go there. Zach is on Instagram, but doesn't use it. Yeah, I've I've been thinking. Now, hear me out. Ooh. Uh, I've been thinking of starting up something this year. This mm. year, I'm going to be doing something. Mm. It might be streaming related, might be YouTube related, mm. which means I might put things on my Instagram eventually. Oh, very so nice. Well, there is a link in the description. Stay tuned. Uh, we are also on Facebook, which is Sandro and Zach's Oldie But A Goodie. Oldie But A Goodie. Yeehaw! Yeehaw! And we're, we are, of course, also on every single streaming service. If you've got a friend and you think your friend will like the show, number one way to help out is just to tell your friend about the show. That helps. You can also review us on iTunes and Spotify. Spotify finally allows ratings. Good on you, Spotify. Uh, and that helps out. And then also, if you want to help out the show on a monetary sense, it is not... Uh, an obligation but if you heard the bonus battle that we did with ben that was just released uh, a couple days ago and you're like i want to hear more of that patreon.com forward slash oldie but a goodie pod is where you can find them 
for upwards of five US dollars a month, you get upwards of two bonus episodes a month. This month's episodes are out in about two weeks. We're doing uh, Chud 2, a sequel to a film we did uh, in the 80s, and also a, a very funny movie called New York Ninja, which I'm very excited to, uh, to review that one very soon. All right. Sandra, do you know what it's now time for? It's time to do a little bit of a song and dance. It's time to do a little bit of song and dance. Zoom, zoom, zoom. No, you're wrong, Sandro. Oh. You're wrong, Major. <laughs> no, it's actually time for you to pick your first film of 2022 slash 2021. Good work. Nailed it. All of this looks very January. Oh, no. So. Your first option is the Amati Girls. Mm. Four sisters help their widowed mother and learn things that affect the entire family. Sounds like a lot. Crossfire <laughs> Trail. <laughs> a Western about a dude who defends his dad's friend's ranch. Uh, it was the most watched TV movie ever before High School Musical came out. Oh, another TV movie. Yeah. And for the most watched TV movie before High School Musical, I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it either. The Pledge. Mm. Jack Nicholson pledges to catch the killer of a young child. Well, okay. I, I do like Jack Nicholson. And Lie. A 15-year-old boy becomes involved in a relationship with a much older man. Oh. I don't want to do that. No, no. Mm. I do not want to talk about that topic. Um, well, it's not the first one. It's not the last one. It's the two in the middle. Jack Nicholson catching a killer, though. I'm like, ah. See, that, 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 that's my problem right now in, like, January, is we're still getting a lot of the same stuff that we saw in the 80s. One thing that we didn't get much of in the 80s was a serious Western, like a modern Western. Ah, yes. I, I love Westerns. I'm a big fan of them. Are you Are you looking at Crossfire Trail, a Western about a dude who defends his... I said... I think I said his dad's friend before, actually. Yeah, defends his dead friend's ranch. That sounds fun. That sounds fun. Yeah, also with the most watch before High School Musical, it, must, it mustn't be, it must be good. too bad. I mean, the first High School Musical was one of the best films ever made, definitely. I watched it recently, and it was yep. very odd watching it for the first time in like 10 years, yeah. but it was okay. It was okay? Okay. It was okay. I think the, the, the idea was pretty cool. Oh! <gasps> Tom Selleck is in Crossfire Trail, and he was good as Mustache Man in Three Men and a Baby. Oh, Mustache Man! I'm, I'm picking. I'm picking Crossfire I Trail. I liked Mustache Man. Yeah, he's one of the better actors. All right, we'll do Crossfire Trail next week. Another another TV movie. How about that? Two in a row. It's because most January theatrical releases are terrible. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. You talked about why movies in January are so bad. The reason is. That they just put out trash because the trash couldn't compete in December. Mm. Because that's when all the good movies are competing to come out in the holidays. 
So it's just when the kids go back, none of the good movies want to come out and nope. they just release the trash. Exactly. It's all the movies the studios have no faith in. Yeah. Well, let's do Crossfire Trail next week. And I guess we're still wrapping things up with our favorite quote, right? I have the uh, perfect quote for uh, this one. Well, my quote is, of course, the fact that um the hologram has Romeo and Juliet on Mars. One and two. Mm. Which, thinking about it, Maybe the second one is like, yes, they both died at the end of the first one, but they're resurrected. They're resurrected by like another character from the Shakespeare verse. They're brought back to life. And then Romeo and Juliet, they actually swap sides. It's kind of like a 22 Jump Street situation. Like Juliet then goes to the group of people uh, that Romeo was a part of, and then Romeo goes to the group of people that Juliet was a part of, and oh no, they're a part of warring groups of people again, and then the the same thing happens. And it's just, it's this, like, message about how no matter how things can change, things will always be the same in the end, you know what I mean? It's actually quite a deep movie, Romeo and Juliet on Mars 2. Zetus Lapidus 9-11 was an inside job, Major! <laughs> oh no! Oh <laughs> no!